Welcome to The Alignment Show, featuring conversations with folks who have taken steps to identify their highest values and align their lives around them. Time on this earth is not unlimited, and you may be seeking to make sure you spend your time on things that matter to you. These conversations will encourage you and support you in doing so. Now, let's meet this week's guest on The Alignment Show. And a good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time it might be in your part of the world. We are glad to have you with us once again this week on The Alignment Show. My name is Don King. I am your host and our um, our episode this week, as has been happening the last few weeks, is sponsored by me. Uh, I've got a, a book coming out. I'm juggling technology here even as we talk because I wanted to have have the sponsor thing up here on the screen. There we are. I've got a book that's going to be coming out here soon, The Way of the Three-Year-Old Why. We've been talking about it the last few weeks, and so if you would like to know more about it, I would encourage you to follow the link to donking.com slash 3YO. That's the number three, lowercase letters YO, for those of you who are on audio only. Uh, we are getting close to release. I think we are looking at probably the beginning of October that the book will be out. But people who are engaged with us early can get some perks by being involved in the community early. So watch for that to come out. In any case, this week, we are very glad to have with us as our guest, Michaela McGivern. I have to remind myself it's McGivern, not McGovern, you know, because I grew up with Maureen McGovern, but it helps me to remember. Uh, I got to know Michaela through a community that we mentioned here on the Alignment Show fairly frequently, the Go-Giver Success Alliance. That is uh, the folks who are kind of aligned around Bob Berg, John David Mann's book, The Go-Giver. And truly, uh, McGivern is a giver. I don't know if she ever makes that play on words. I'll take the blame for that one. But let me tell you just a little bit about Michaela before we bring her on. She has been in the healing profession since 1980. She takes a little different approach to it, though. Over the past 23 years, she has worked as a psychic medium, a shaman, an energy medicine practitioner. Her goal is to provide clients with deep transformational healing and guidance delivered with compassion that serves the soul's highest evolution. Now, if that sounds a little bit out there, I can tell you that I know people, especially in the real estate business, who engage with Michaela to offer space clearing in uh, some other stuff that I've done outside of my usual work. Uh, you know, feng shui is one of those things from an Eastern standpoint. My approach to these kind of things is we don't understand everything that happens. You know, my wife, for example, uh, is a beneficiary of uh, acupuncture and I, it works. You know, it's making a difference to her. So we're going to be talking with Michaela about how she got into that. Uh, uh, you know, here on the Alignment Show, we are always talking about living your values and valuing your life. So without digging any further into this, let's go ahead and get Michaela on stage. Michaela, thank you for being with us this week on the Alignment Show. It's my pleasure, and thank you for inviting me. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we'll just jump right into it. I know that you started your career in um, what we might think of as a a little more orthodox aspect of the healing profession. You started as an occupational therapist. And I know just a little bit about that because uh, our disabled daughter uh, benefited from occupational therapy some years ago. Uh, But at some point, uh, let's see, the 1980, 1980, that was how long ago? I can't do the math real quick, but folks, you, you can do that math out there. So you didn't start in um, as a psychic medium, shaman, energy medicine practitioner. You said you've been doing that for 23 years. I'm really curious in alignment with the alignment show. You know, how how did you realize this was what I need to be doing? How did you make that transition from OT to these other things that you're doing? That's a great question because it wasn't actually so obvious. So for, from 80 to 90, I worked in all different aspects of um, therapy. I was a head trauma therapist and I specialized in neuro rehab. And I did some legal work and did hospice work and home care. And it was a, a really cool period. And I loved the work. But then in 90, I moved to Europe for 10 years. I was married at that time to someone else. And when I moved to Belgium, I wasn't able to work. So I was raising kids, and one day I walked into my acupuncturist, who also was a psychic physician, and he said, why aren't you talking to your husband anymore? And my eyes just about popped out of my head. <laughs> Things weren't going well, and he was spot on. And so I continued to work with him because it was a really difficult time. And what he said to me after a couple of years is, you need to go to this energy medicine class. It's on the chakras. And I looked at him and I said, but I'm not fluent in French. I can converse. But he said, go anyway. So that was like in 98. And so I did go. And that's that was my introduction to, to some of the energy medicine. But prior to that, I've been working with a pendulum and flower essences and doing intuitive work that way with some friends of mine who were teaching me how to do that. And, and then before I came back to the States in 2000, I had a friend who I met in San Francisco when I was traveling back here. And she fixed my deviated septum with energy medicine. And I was like, what? How does that work? You know, because I had a big bump in my nose and it was really visible. And when she finished, it was gone. So I was really, really curious. And so I did the energy medicine class in Belgium and I moved back here, back to the States in 2000. And I just immediately started studying quantum energetics, the hands-on healing work that she'd introduced me to, intuitive readings, and that just led into from one thing into another. But I had to also come back and work. So I worked as an OT over the last 20, those 20 years. I worked in rehab and, and acute care. So I developed my practice in energy medicine concurrently, but what became clear to me were so many invisible things that are in us in the recovery on a physical that I was really curious like what is who has a disability or has a injury or just you know is why do what are we learning from that so I knew that recovery wasn't just on a physical level but it was on a much deeper level what's what are the emotions that are going on what's the soul learning and that really piqued my curiosity a lot. So that was part of why I started studying energy medicine when I came back in 2000. 
and then one thing led to another where I just began hearing things and knowing things that I was able to articulate more clearly when I was back here in 2000 and really ready to, to step in. So that, that's kind of... Okay, quick, very good, very quick, good. Yeah. And we're, we're getting, you know, technology always comes into it. There's a little bit of a difference between what I'm seeing you doing on the screen and what I'm hearing from you. So I will apologize if I step on anything that you're saying there. Maybe it'll get synced back up here in just a bit. Um, but yeah, th this is this is fascinating. Uh, I, I want to share, in fact, on the screen, uh, this is one of our uh, frequent listeners, you know, Peg, she's a part of the, the Go-Giver Success Alliance. And so uh, excited by this interview. And in fact, I, I'm interested in hearing how you do what you do. But, you know, let's dig before we go there. Let's dig a little bit more into um, you know, 23 years ago, 2000. You went through this change. Uh, you've got a website, which we'll talk about here in just a little bit. I know that you have worked with uh, the real estate folks. How did you, how did you get started? I mean, you, you don't just hang out a, a sign out front that says uh, psychic medium or, or whatever. Um, and uh, I live in East Tennessee, Michaela, just to, to give a context here. There's a tendency on this side of the Mississippi to think, oh, well, California, you know, they're just all kind of out there. Was it, was it easier to start out there? I mean, was there a lot of demand for the services to begin with, or did you find it to be a challenge? Uh, I'm asking, I'm doing what interviewers are not supposed to do, which is putting several questions together, but how did you connect in with the real estate stuff? Does that make sense? Yeah, that came later. So initially when I came back to the, to the U S I was, I came back to California in 2000. And the training was actually offered on the East Coast, on the West Coast, in Colorado. You know, I took different trainings with different schools and different places, shaman training and, and the hands-on work. And um, there was just more receptivity on the West Coast. I wasn't, you know, <laughs> I wasn't looking like the odd duck like I might in East Tennessee, although I just live over the border now in, in Western North Carolina. Ah, so. <laughs> are you in the Asheville area by any chance? I am. Okay, yeah, Asheville, much, much more accepting of, of things yeah. that are a little out of the ordinary. So I didn't realize we were so close. Okay. No, excellent. I didn't either. Okay. So but go ahead. Didn't mean to interrupt. No worries. Um, so in the, in the process of doing the hands-on work and learning it, I had to practice on people. And so messages would come through and some of the spirits would come through. And that was a realm I was really familiar with when I was a kid. Um, I used to have a really great connection from the age of about four or onwards until I shut it down for a while with spirits and fairies and angels. And that realm was very visible to me as it is with many kids until they're up until about age seven. And then I just kind of kept quiet about what I saw because I realized it wasn't exactly what other people were doing. And I would sort of close the door down like in college and reopen it and close it and open it but it was something I was very comfortable with and just seeing on the unseen realm and the other part of it. So there's that seeing aspect and then there's the part of really tuning into what are the emotions that are going on. And then later as I developed my skills, there was the 
ability to kind of hear things. So all of those skills began to evolve with me starting in the 80s when I was in Europe and then really expanded when I went into full training in the early 2000s. And so I was on the table working on people's bodies and I would look at, oh, well, there was a past lifetime, you know, this person was in the concentration camp and, oh, their relatives are showing up. So it just began to be a flow of information that came in when I was working and I, I trusted it. So um, I didn't really have any reason to doubt it because it wasn't something I thought of. It just was presented and the, and the person validated it by saying, yes, I'm feeling this or noticing this, or yes, that is, sounds like that person. So it was really um, a gift that was validated quite early on. So I just allowed spirit to continue to teach me and to download information from hmm. my clients as I worked. Okay. Okay. Um, and a couple of things that I'm picking up on and hearing, uh, I think one is this was, you know, in a very real way, this is not a change this was a coming back to you know in, in other words this is part of who you've been always and so um, again not getting too much into the math here you began as an ot in 1980 it was 20 years later that you were changing professions so to speak but you're sort of coming back to where you started That's is true. it in, important to be true to yourself yeah, you're very perceptive, Don, and I appreciate you saying that because there wasn't much validation for that as a kid. So I, my parents raised me in the Catholic Church, and one of my, my gifts was also to be able to sing. So I sang in the choir, and this might sound really weird, but I love singing at funerals because we'd be up in the choir, and everybody would be down in the church, and there were all these angels, like, really celebrating course i thought it was totally cool i could see him flying around and the music was great and i was like this is cool and i wasn't sad of course because because i could see on the other realm the spirit was liberated and they were celebrating it's like yeah and i understood they were grieving so we just sang to them but <laughs> it was very natural to be on that other side of the veil so to speak as a kid so yes you're right it was a coming home and it was it took me a long time to really fully embrace it myself. Um, there was a period into, I guess, mid-2000s when I was working in acute care in an ICU and the nurses came to me and said, can you communicate with this person who's in a coma? And I'm like, sure, no problem. So I communicated with the family and occasionally I would go into a person's room who was really having a very, very difficult time. And there would be a darker energy in that person. and. I would ask permission, could I remove it? Well, my boss, who was pretty open-minded, called me into his office one day and he said, Michaela, you can't keep doing this because it's out of your scope of practice as an OT. I'm like, okay. So <laughs> I had to sort of <laughs> put the kibosh on doing energy work in the hospital for that reason. But it was there. So um, it was hard for me to resist it. But you know, I didn't really want to get fired or or sued. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, well, and that's the the second thing I was thinking about was the importance of the validation. I mean, like, when did you first figure out that you were having experiences that everybody else wasn't? 
Does that make sense? You know, yeah. I mean, you know, when you're seeing these things, experiencing these things, you probably figure, oh, everybody else is too, you know, so it's not unusual. Um, I've been told that folks who are colorblind, for example, it takes them a while to figure out that other people are seeing things that they're not, you know, and, and so when did you first become aware of that difference? I was really clear as a little kid that um, people didn't see what I saw and hear what I saw or hear what I hear what I saw, hear what I heard. And so I, I cottoned onto that pretty quickly. And I remember being in college and I got up very early one morning to work and I was sitting in a chair kind of like this and I, it was like five o'clock and I started hearing a voice. I was terrified. I thought, oh my God, I'm having a schizophrenic break. I, like 901, I'm on the phone talking to the school psychologist. Can I come in? She's like, don't worry. But I was, I was pretty scared because I didn't know anybody that um, had access to these realms. So I didn't have any validation. I was younger. Later, mm. it came in. You know, when I was in Europe, it came in. So you got you got validation of the experiences more so while you were in Europe. And then when you came back here, you were able to find a community that understood and supported. Yes. So how how have you turned that coin over? I'm betting that you probably find yourself in the situation of validating other people's experiences now who are experiencing things they don't understand and feel like they're the odd ducks. Wow. That's, I'm amazed at your ability to perceive things, Don. That's, that's a really insightful question. And much of the work I do, particularly in individual healing sessions has to do with my ability to tune into where that person is and well, is, and so I might say, is this emotion coming up? Or are you experiencing blah, blah, blah? Or, you know, if it is somebody, a spirit coming in and wanting to talk to them, I always say, well, this is what I'm getting. Is, does that resonate? And so I am often validating people in that context, but also my guides will give me insights that they are um, delivering for that person to either expand their understanding or to validate their experience, to help them feel really heard, seen and gotten, or to help them nudge them along on their path where they can't see how to get over an obstacle. So yeah, it comes in many forms. And sometimes if it's an uncomfortable message, I wait for it to, that I'm at being asked to deliver, I'll wait for it to show up three times. And on the third time, it's like, okay, and I'll say, well, this is, this, this is what I'm hearing. This is, you know, this might not be easy, but um, I do my best to deliver it, you know, in a loving, compassionate way so it can be absorbed and, and utilized, you know, in a helpful way, too. So I work with a, a team of guides that really um, are amazing because I no longer have to, quote, unquote, figure it out and do the work. I follow where the person is and the guidance and, and like you do on the show, you, know? <laughs> you mm. follow that river of energy and, and it, it works really beautifully. So, mm. Mm. yeah, I can see that. And I, and I, uh, I just have to comment because of what I do and what I have done, I am really keying in on how 
soothing and reassuring your voice and your delivery is? Is that something that has always been a part of you? Or is that something that you have kind of learned to do in order to help your clients? I think it's both. Um, one of the things I did have fun doing when I lived in Belgium was I did voiceover work a little bit. Uh -huh. And that was really cool. Um, I enjoyed it. And I'm a musician. I'm a singer songwriter. So I've, I'm very attuned to the sound and mm -hmm. frequency of sound. And yes, I have worked over the years to bring more compassion and patience and understanding into myself, which then hopefully is expressed in my voice too. So mm -hmm. I've, I've had been a good learning curve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, and that's, you know, I had no idea that's what we might be talking about, but I, I just couldn't help but pick up on it. In fact, again, one of the things I've picked up on just being around you in the Go-Giver Success Alliance community, um, I know that you have done some work with real estate folks. I don't know if that's just, what would I say, a sideline, if that's something that has become a major part of your practice, um, maybe something that you're just doing as a favor to our real estate friends. Um, so where does that fall in your practice? Um, I love doing it, and I have done it on and off for a long time. I've done massive space clearings, um, Gosh, when I was in Peru one year in Bolivia, I, I did a really huge amount of space clearing there because of all the trauma that had happened. And then I worked in California on some parks that had, the indigenous people had been really persecuted there and the Chinese and so was clearing there. And so I've also helped realtors on and off over the years because everybody kind of knows when you walk into a house, you get a feeling, right? Oh, this is a happy house. It's kind of funky or ooh, something weird happened here, or something's off, or gosh, this feels so balanced. We all get that. We might not name it, but we all can feel that energy. Um, so where my work comes in with realtors is kind of like working individually with people. Energetic debris builds up, and if it isn't cleared out, you can feel it, and it hinders positive energy coming in. And so houses, just like physical beings, people, hold energy so they might hold trauma like a divorce or conflict, um, domestic violence, um, financial loss, um, crime, drugs, um, people being out of alignment with each other. It can hold from the re or the land can also hold the trauma of how was the land uh, developed? Was it done in a respectful way or was it just, you know, in there very disrespectfully with big machines and run over literally um so the land holds energy that affects the house the people's interactions in the house um, affects the energy in the house so when i do a house and land clearing i look at all these different levels um, what's the emotional content what's the physical uh, energy holding what's the, kind of the the dynamic around family or their relationship with nature what are sort of negative thoughts? What's the spiritual energy? What's the karmic energy? What's the soul energy? So I clear it on all these deep, deep levels. And then, of course, I bring in restorative energies afterwards. Sometimes there are some um, really, really difficult energies that are very dark that have been there for quite a long time. And that requires some pretty heavy-duty lifting and some ceremony sometimes. Hmm. Because 
that energy will then affect the dynamic of the people in the house. So there's always this interplay of what's happened with the people, what's happened with the land, how are they coexisting. And so when I'm looking at a property, I'm looking at all those different elements and the elements of the tree fairies, the, the earth spirits, you know, <laughs> the land spirit. And are there any spirits, physically, you know, human spirits, who have been who are stuck there that need to be transitioned or need some healing work that's why they're stuck there so there's a lot that goes into a, a land and space clearing and where this helps realtors is that sometimes if this isn't cleared the property just doesn't move nobody wants to make a bid on it or there's a lot of difficulty in the transactions mm -hmm. or there's a lot of conflict or confusion those are signs. And I would assume they may not even know why, you know, they walk on a piece of property and say, I don't know, it just doesn't feel right. They don't have to know the why. They just have that feeling. And so you can, you, you help with that clearing. Yeah. So I was just working with um, some people this week and there was a lot, they have a hundred acres and there's a lot of difficulty there in terms of how the land was treated and that's affecting them. But I first had to actually go and work with them individually and with their family members because the family member dynamic was also having huge impact on the land. So there was this dance of negativity going back and forth and they were all kind of locked in. So I had to do this one in a two-step process. I worked with the family first and then I'm going to go back and clear the land. Okay. Okay. Do, do you... Um trying to think how to ask this. Do you have to uncover the history behind these tangles or can you just kind of go in and say, okay, I'm sensing that it's like this. And so I need to respond in this way in order to fix it. You know, sometimes I don't know if this is a good metaphor or not. You know, if you're going to fix a car engine, you don't necessarily need to know how it wound up like that you just know that you need to replace this part or put this fluid in or whatever uh, but on the other hand uh you know in psychological terms some schools of psychology will say we need to uncover where this came from but then others like behavioral uh, therapy you know no we don't really know what caused it we just need to know what the effect is right now and how we can deal with it does that question make sense Totally. It's a great question. I do a little bit of both. So, um, for example, when I did the land clearing on the park in California, I knew a little bit of the history about how the indigenous had been treated in the Chinese. So then I just went in with, and I did it with a, a friend of mine, um, David, what's your last name, David? I'll come back to you. He and I did it together. So we went in and we read we read the land and we talked to the ancestors that were there and we talked to all the spirits and they told us and they showed us what had happened okay and and so that was we didn't have much history to go on in the case of this family i did an in-depth family interview well what about this dynamic and that and who's lived on the land and how long and what happened so i do a combination of things but knowing the history also alerts me to layers that will be uncovered that might not be apparent had I not known some of that information. Hmm. So when there's a family there, and, um, that's more important to ask then. And um, sometimes I can also just say, 
you know, was there a history of blah, 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 blah going on? Or I'll just get it and ask them to validate it. And sometimes they know and sometimes they don't. So it's a combination, Don. Hmm. hmm. Okay. Well, as uh, we just showed on the screen, for those of you who are on audio only, Peg uh, Duchesne, I think I'm pronouncing your name correctly, Peg. If not, forgive me. Uh, she commented, fascinating. I mean, there's just so many layers here. We are running a little short of time, so I want to be sure that people know how to find you if they are interested in, in probing into this more. Uh, again, we've got on the screen, but for folks who are on here uh, audio only, we'll have the link in the show notes. So you will be able to go to the show notes and just click on a link. But Michaela's website is MichaelaMcGivern.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-A-M-C-G-I-V-E-R-N.com. Uh, and, in fact, I want to show your website here just a second. If I've got it, uh, yeah, there it is. Okay. And so, uh, you know, there, there's, uh, there's a blog here. You've got uh, contact information. Uh, there's a free discovery call. So, folks, if you want to check this out, be sure and go to MichaelaMcGivern.com. And, again, we'll have, we'll have it in the show notes. Want to show the QR code here because if you've got your camera, you can just grab that QR code and go there. Oh, that's your LinkedIn, what I'm showing right now. But still, LinkedIn is a good way to connect with Michaela. Uh, here is the website. Okay, and so um, I always like to wind up an interview, Michaela, by pointing out that I'm, I'm always a generalist talking to people who are specialists of some kind. There's probably something that you wish that I had asked that I didn't know enough to ask. And so, you know, what, what, what do you wish I had asked and what would your answer to that be? Anything come to mind? Very quickly, because I know we're short of time which is that when I do mediumship sessions with people, it's really profoundly healing for them because the questions are not just validating, oh, yeah, you were a Purple Cat, and you were a Mets fan. It's very in-depth in terms of, well, what happened there? And, you know, things like, please forgive me for, or I acknowledge this, or thank you for. But oftentimes it's really deeply healing to talk to an ancestor, to clear up confusion or or sadness or grief and it's so amazing so that's the only thing i would throw out there and thank you for asking and for allowing me to be here it's really been a pleasure oh it's, it's been great having you on what you just said leads me to one last little question and and i think i wonder if you have this in common sometime with I, I know several people who work as therapists of one kind or another, and they take care of each other because after hearing people's traumas, you know, they need to process themselves. Does that make sense? You, I lost the question because you froze. Would you mind re-asking it? Yeah, we're having some network issues. I got a little little notification there. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask it, but re-ask it a little different way. Um I know a therapist who, after listening to people's trauma all day long and their own challenges, uh, she has a little trouble decompressing herself. You're not simply taking on people's uh, issues. So how do you keep yourself clear? Um, yes, I have other people I, I do exchange work with, for sure. 
I do my own healing work. I'm doing something very deep called crystalline path pathway healing that I'm training in now. Um, I do energy clearing on myself, and I also work from a place that's called from the edge of my energy structure. I'm working it from a place of compassion and witnessing versus being an empath and taking it in. And so mm. it allows me to to get information from a really expanded place to be able to see, hear, and feel, but I'm not absorbing it in. So that's that really has made a huge difference in terms of what I can do. And I also do physical activity just to keep my body fit so I'm not <laughs> weighed down by it all. <laughs> oh, yes. Very wise. Very wise. Well, once again, I want to thank you for being here with us this week on the Alignment Show. Uh, I'm going to bid folks uh, farewell so don't go away i'm going to put you in the green room for just a second but i want to come back and express my appreciation to you so hold on just one second and i'm going to do something right now that i should have done before we went on the air i want to verify looking at the calendar about next week's guest because i don't trust my own memory here so let's see go ahead and load yes we have another uh, Go-Giver Success Alliance member who will be on with us next week, Kathleen Hanover, who is a certified Go-Giver speaker. Uh, she was out of speaking for a while, had some life challenges, and she's back in it now. So we're going to talk with her about all of that transition um, issue. So that should be a great conversation as well. Really appreciate Michaela being here with us this week. Uh, a reminder that if you would like to get the show notes, um, I've got another QR code here, if I can find the right one. Here we are. You can get the show notes for this episode and any of our previous ones. In fact, you can find previous episodes um, by following this QR code. Or uh, let's see, that's on another tab here. You can always go to confidencecultivators.com and find all that information. Um, but in any case, we appreciate you spending your time with us this week. Hope that it makes a difference to your life. And as always, we want to encourage you to live your values and value your life. Until next week, have a good one. That's it for this week's episode of The Alignment Show. What has it inspired you to do in your own life? Whatever it is, take action now and take the first step. It will help you to talk with a friend about what you're thinking. Share confidencecultivators.com to spread the goodness. And remember to live your values and value your life. We will see you next week on The Alignment Show.